Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hola, mi gente. It's Janice, and I have a special bonus treat for you today. So if you have been following me on my stories the past year, you've been watching me navigate not only different professional endeavors, but also a very personal one, namely getting back in the dating game and finding a new partner after getting divorced. And so that whole journey for me really inspired me to dive into the world of relationship building, because just like dinero, how to have a healthy relationship and how to attract partners that are like not fucking toxic Uh, nobody taught me about that. And when I talk to my friends who are Latinas, a lot of us have the same story of just like not learning how to have healthy relationships and how to stop repeating the cycle of attracting people who are just not bringing out your best self. So I have been inspired by my own journey to start a new project called the Corazon Chronicles. And I'm actually featuring Bay on the show. So he's actually my co-host. And I thought it would be really cool to share an episode from the Corazon Chronicles here on the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast, because in this particular episode, we talk about how to navigate differences when you and your partner are just not on the same page or you're just in different points in your life, whether that's an age gap or an income gap or one of the many different issues that you can confront as a couple. So I hope that you love this episode. And if you want to check out more about the Corazon Chronicles podcast, you can tune in wherever you listen to Yo Quiero Dinero. Without further ado, here is the Corazon Chronicles podcast. I hope you enjoy it.
Well, we are back here for another episode. Thank you so much for tuning into the Corazon Chronicles podcast. I am excited for today's conversation because I think we're going to be able to hopefully share some inspirational information with people. We're going to be talking about how to navigate differences in a relationship. So we're going to be talking about like income differences, age differences, vision for life differences, opinions, differences, all types of differences. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, a lot of it is also kind of relative too to like where, you know, we're at in our situation and where we're at in our journey in life. And I mean, I'm, uh, I know on my 30 year journey, I've already changed within the last 10 years since I was eight, you know, 18 to 20. Now that I'm 30, almost 31, I've, uh, I've changed into like three or four different people. I've lived three or four different lives. So yeah. this will be interesting. I absolutely agree. Um, I feel like now that I'm closer to 40, um, I'm just starting to figure out kind of what I want life to look like. And so I know I've told you like your thirties are the era of like self-discovery figure shit out. Yeah. Like you're just, you're more clear on what you want because you have enough kind of experience under your belt to know what you don't want. Right. And I think obviously a big part of that has been, you know, the relationships that you've been a part of. Um, it's definitely been, you know, that's been a big portion of my self-discovery process and the relationships that I've been in and, and just realizing like what I do want, what I don't want, um, going forward. Mm, yeah. And yeah, uh, you know, that's with you, especially cause you've had so much go on, um, with career changes, um, you know, relationship changes, living in a completely different state, different region. Um, you've uprooted and changed a whole lot in your, uh, in your 38 year journey. So. Yeah. And all of this happened in my thirties. So, um, God, I don't even want to know what's in store for me. I mean, I do, but I don't, you know, it's like, uh, yeah. So I think the first difference that we should talk about is our age difference. Okay. So we are seven years apart. I'm 38. Well, you're... you guys are going to do the math. I'm 30. <laughs> she's 38. But you're about to turn 31. So I'm calling it yeah. seven years. Mm, okay. Okay. That's it. I never pictured myself dating somebody younger. But then again, you know, I met my ex when I was 20. So it's like, how much younger could they be? You know, age ain't nothing but a no. So, yeah, when I found myself out here single in my late 30s, I was just like, well, I thought I was naturally just going to like find somebody my own age. And that was just going to be it. Your ex was your age too? Or? A year older. Oh, okay. All right. So basically yeah. the same. Because we met in college. So right. we're all around the same like peer group, same age group, era. whatever. Um, but it's a totally different world out here when you're like dating as an adult with a whole ass life and you just, you know, I think the possibilities open up and I know several women who have gone down the dating a younger man route and are like singing praises about it. Hey, I know I'm a witness and testament to that. I've seen some of the DMs that you've gotten, um, especially around like the seminar era, like when you went down to Puerto Rico for your seminar um everybody's like where do i find something like this yeah. and they're like you know the ones that did find something like that they're like oh my god like the libido's insane <laughs> they're just constantly giving that's you know, <laughs> to be clear it's not just about you know the fact more, that they have just, more energy just more energy more stamina um we're not like as set in our ways because we're still trying to get there right we don't really quite have that um that old man stigma of like i know what i like and i know what i want yeah, it's, it's a different era, too. So we we're very op open to changing and, and being kind of more fluid, you know, because the way everything is now, especially towards men and masculine men and stuff like that, we have to kind of like pick and choose which lane we're going to take and kind of like 
you know, hone in on being very open, right? Instead of just being like, nope, this is who I am. This is this is the way God made me and take me or take me as I am or watch me as I go, which is a very toxic thing yeah. at a certain point. And I think people, you know, of any gender are guilty of that after a certain age. I think like it's much easier to be jaded after you have like several negative experiences or relationships under your belt. Whereas, you know, when you're younger, you're probably more optimistic. You have kind of a brighter outlook on life because you just haven't had like all those things happen to you potentially. But I did do a survey on my Instagram. Uh Oh, and y'all would be surprised. How many women out here are like dating younger men, but just don't really publicize it because there's still a lot of stigma around it. But like there was a lot of people DMing me, you know, in private. They're like, girl, keep telling people to date younger men because I'm so much happier with my man. He just does like, you know, he he's more um, open to like conforming and changing and having communication and just like being a partner versus just like. I'm the man and you know, whatever I say goes, it's just, it's crazy. Like how many people are actually hiding the fact that there is an age gap in their relationship because they're afraid of being judged. Well, you know, and I can understand that because I mean, it's always been a thing. The older guy goes for the younger chick, you know, he's like 50. And the whole, the whole thing about that is that any young man, I mean, you, you see these surveys that people are doing in the streets and stuff. They're walking around with the mic or their phone and they're like, hey, so how much does a man need to make? How old are you? I'm 24. How much does a guy need to make for you to, you know, oh, at least $100,000 a year, $500,000 a year. There's not, I mean, you're talking about like an upper 10% of guys between the age of 20 and 40 that are going to be making $100,000 a year, yeah. let alone anything over than that. So our entire youth as i guess if you will we're we're being taught that we're not worth enough mm. um we need to make more money we you know uh, we need to change how we look we need to be a high value male all these what things does that mean can we break down what that means because i don't know what that means we'll get into it okay <laughs> so um our journey as a man from the age of 18 to 35 is um it's a grace period for us to get our shit figured out. Yeah. We're trying to figure out what our career is going to be. We have to levitate ourselves in that, in that said career. Right. So our journey from broke to, you know, our journey from zero to hero is 15 to 20 years. And that's why when most men reach that goal of financial stability, and maybe they've been working out for the last five years. Now they got a little body to them. He's 35 years old and he's been through some bullshit relationships probably some superficial ones, right? And then been passed up time and time again because he doesn't have the money, he doesn't have the car or whatever. Now this man finally is starting to build this life for himself, basically build himself freedom. Now he's getting attention from people. Now he can go out. Now he has the confidence. Now he has the money to be able to go out and do certain things, take trips with the boys, get a fancy gym membership, get a nice $700 a month payment for a, a, a Benz, like whatever the guy carries, like, carries value in that's what he can actually have access to now yeah. so of course of course it's tough um for younger men to be with a woman that's just going to take him for who he is and then also join on with him along that journey uh -huh. okay so it's like uh... a lot of women want it now and that's why you see them with the whole sugar daddy thing and then you kind of just started to see that like five ten years ago about oh you know you need to find a sugar mama and stuff like that but the sugar mama aspect and the sugar daddy aspect are way different yeah. And I think honestly, it's just like, it's kind of toxic. Both of those narratives of just like pursuing a relationship for financial gain. Um, because at the end of the day, like you can lose that financial, you know, 
security. Well, and it also, and then, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just gonna say, if you're stuck with a person who's a piece of shit, like for me, I'm like, I don't care how much money you have. Like there's no amount of money that's gonna make me tolerate somebody who's just a jerk, right. you know, who's just personality wise is just completely like not aligned, but oh, cause you know, they're putting a roof over my head. I'm gonna sit here and tolerate shit. Mm. Like that, that for me feels very much like what, past generations of women in my family had to do right and i'm like why the fuck would i actively choose that yeah yeah I don't, well i guess what I, my whole point about it was just that men now that are reaching out to be with older women um it comes from i mean at least personally in, in, in my own thing and then also what i've seen amongst you know people in my my age group is it's not for shallow reasons like you like, like you would hear for from a sugar baby to a sugar daddy yeah sugar daddy's like i want to pay for your time because <clears throat> it's like an escort service right i want to pay for your time i know my role i know you're just leeching off of me for money i'll pay the car payment and the the, the sugar baby's and on I the same thing i'm gonna sell exchange. my body yeah if you want to lick on my feet whatever like whatever weird shit we can do that one weekend a month as long as you pay my college tuition. Right. So <clears throat> that's cool. Um, but for men, it's completely different, you know. And then also, older women are now there are some out there that are like been in like a twenty year marriage that never really got off, like never really, um, you know, just fucked out of guilt or once a month or maybe not at all. And then all of a sudden, their twenty now they're back without win in their sales and i'm sure they're out there moving like an entire dude they're like you know what i want to run through as many young men as possible i'm going to suck these men dry in more ways than one so <laughs> it is what it is right but then there's also these women that have gotten out of that and they do have a life built for themselves and they do want to share that with somebody and you know unfortunately being an older woman you know we were just talking about the older men and how they're stuck in their ways um, it's not necessarily like you guys want a moldable man where I can kind of make him who I want him to be. But yeah. you you also don't want to be with some guy that's just like, um, you know, Sundays is for football and, and the boys and, you know, yeah. you kind of fit in. And I hope you like to have your own hobbies with like a Bible club and shit, because <laughs> don't expect to spend all your time with me. I don't want to just go lay on the beach like some young buck. Yeah. And all I want to do is go lay on the beach and, hey, maybe even bring a little bottle out there to get a little loose. You know, I don't know. I like to have fun. So it's like yeah. a lot of these guys just want to like work on their trucks. And yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the things that you've also mentioned, too, is that like from your perspective as a younger man dating an older woman, you've just we're more clear on like what we want right yeah. there's not this like yeah just kind of ambiguous let's just go with the flow like whatever happens happens energy mm -hmm. um i think uh one of the reasons why we vibe so much is because even though we do have an age gap yeah. we have a lot of shared like vision for what life looks like for us like i think we're very much on the same page for like what that vision looks like what we would like to do together what we'd like to build together and um, there's not just like this kind of frivolous existence where it's just based on like going to the club every Friday and like bullshitting your life away. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it is tough. You know, it's a tough it's a tough scenario because, you know, everybody's different and everybody's situation is relative. So it's it's a very weird thing that we're in right now, especially with the women having the the, the dynamic that they do with the financial security and the independence and and also the freedom like you guys have so many more rights now like and and not just like rights written on paper i mean like societal rights it's it's expected it's starting to be expected now that women are they just have shit figured out you know whether it's financial or 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 mental or emotional or whatever like women are doing so much more 
self-work mm. um on so many different aspects yeah. you kind of start to see men especially younger men like we're just like focused on like bettering our mentality bettering our lives physically and just becoming like building this this foundation mm -hmm. for something that's going to come in the future and regardless if that's with someone older or someone younger um and then also a lot of men that are younger and stuff like that uh we come from broken households and stuff mm -hmm. like that too so we don't really have we don't really have that inclining to run out here and have four or five babies. Like I personally have never been in a rush to have kids. If anything, kind of been against it. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that I don't like kids or anything like that. I would love, you know, we've already talked about it in a couple episodes, but it's just one of those things now where it's like, I don't know. I think life is a little bit more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. You know, I see mm -hmm. so many people with kids and stuff and and they have so much work to do on themselves individually and as a couple, you know, it's just yeah. nice that uh we have that freedom, but you never know, yeah. we might have something in the works. Yeah. You know? Shut up. That is not true, y'all. <laughs> Don't let him scare you. Um my mother listens to this podcast. So oh yeah, I'm kidding. Mom, relax. Okay. Um that's so funny, babe. But I, I was going to say, like, you know, I think also as millennials, because we both, even though we have an age gap, we're still part of the millennial generation, which if you don't know, it's like 1981 to 1996. If you were born between that time, you're technically a millennial. Mm. So I think we as a generation have seen like what that struggle looks like, where there, we've seen a lot of the traditional gender roles, right? We've seen a lot of like the stay-at-home moms or maybe like being raised by a single parent, um, younger, you know, them having kids younger, them kind of navigating through the whole, like trying to figure out your career and your financial stability. So I think a lot of us saw that, witnessed it, experienced it as kids. And we're like, we don't want that shit. So that's why so many of us have delayed a lot of those big life decisions too, like having kids or like, you know, getting married or taking more time to find your partner. You know, this idea of being single in 30, you know, a couple generations ago as a woman, it's like, if you're single in 30, fucking throw her out. She's, yeah, she's not worth anything anymore. Yeah. Where it's just like now you'll talk to people who are, you know, single in their 30s. And there's like, I just feel like I'm just starting to live my life. I'm just starting to figure out who I am. Who the hell like says that you need to have that figured out by the time you're like 22 years old? It's crazy. I mean, look, I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, a lot of male oriented podcasts, obviously. Right. And and a lot of my input comes from these these things and i'm listening to these men that are 55 60 years old and they're talking about you know a lot of them have been through marriages or still in the same marriage have kids kids that are some of them are my age you know it's crazy and then you know the way that that they're the way that they're talking about how how different society is and stuff like that you know a lot of them um one person i, I listen to in particular he says that he doesn't think any men should date until the age of 30 why just because of it's almost like getting a trust fund okay, okay. so um for people out there um you if you have children or grandchildren you can set up a trust fund for those kids right but you know let's say you want to give them a million dollars you don't want to give them a million dollars right away at 18 okay. you know if they turn 18 they get the, the full million dollars they're gonna i mean the chances of them going down a drug path or something like that is astronomical yeah but you can have it hit when they hit 30 35 years old they and like get like a slow drip a slow drip because by 30 you've had certain things figured out you've 
I mean, who knows? You've gone to jail. I, I don't know. Like you, the shit out of your yeah, you, you've gone to college, dropped out, whatever. Um, Started a business. Like, you know, yeah. f- fooled around, figured out your sexuality, all kinds of shit, right? There's yeah. all kinds of shit you figured out by the time you're 30. And, and I'm 30. And I really genuinely feel like my entire 20s was, you know, even though I had a business and a couple of relationships and stuff like that, I lived a very mature 20s. Mm. It still felt like it was an extension of, my high school or college years okay. of me trying to figure shit out just yeah. like in life in general yeah. um especially because the money kind of stayed on par with that right like yeah, i had my business and I had a couple of spurts of like some good money but i never like got involved with like a career or like started a youtube and then all of a sudden you know five ten years later i'm a millionaire yeah um you know i hear these success stories of like the guys like i told myself i'd be a millionaire by the time i'm 30 it's like Okay, I've had that on my vision board for a long time too. <laughs> it's like I don't know, you know, it just works out for some people. So yeah, I get a little sidetracked. Sorry, guys. No, I love the sidetrack. I love all yeah, the raise rant. We're going to have an entire separate series where it's just Ray ranting hey, about. Let's do it, guys. Commentary on YouTube. We can I have like a little guys chat? Too. <laughs> Mi gente, one of the biggest stories to come out of the money world in recent history is about to hit the big screen, and I'm going to need you to RSVP and grab your popcorn because let me tell you, it's going to be good. Dumb Money is the ultimate David and Goliath tale based on the insane true story of everyday people who flipped the script on Wall Street and got rich by turning GameStop, yes, the mall video game store, into the world's hottest company. In the middle of everything is regular guy Keith Gill, played by Paul Dano, who starts it all by sinking his life savings into the stock and posting about it. When his social posts start blowing up, so does his life and the life of everyone following him. As the stock tip becomes a movement, everyone gets rich. Until the billionaires fight back and both sides find their worlds turned upside down. Dumb Money premieres in select theaters September 15th and everywhere September 29th. To get your tickets, head over to dumbmoney.movie. That's dumbmoney.movie. This film is rated R by the Motion Picture Association for the following reasons, pervasive language, sexual material, and drug use. All right. So we've talked about the age differences and like how that shows up for men and women. Let's talk about the financial, right? Because we are now in an era where women are increasingly like financially independent. Um, This is actually the first like generation of women that have had access to things like credit and, you know, just like the ability to pursue career um, thanks to things like birth control, right? Like women can choose not to have kids so they can climb the corporate ladder. Uh, you can now have a bank account without having a husband. Like these are all things that back, you know, in the 1960s, you can have your own bank account. You can have your own credit card. You couldn't take out loans. You couldn't buy a house without a man's name on it. Like there's a bunch of crazy ass shit going on that was like literally the era of my grandmother. Damn. It's like, it's like almost like being a minority yeah, or like being somebody that like, you're second class citizen yeah it's, that's super fucked yeah so the fact that like women nowadays have access to you know wealth building tools that traditionally were just controlled by men um you we are seeing a huge pivotal shift i think in society where i think a lot of men especially are kind of questioning like what is their purpose if they've been told their whole lives like your job is to provide you know so i think that's one of the conversations that we had to have early on in our relationship where it's just like um, the, the script was flipped with us where you were used to being the provider in your previous relationships. Right. And now it's like, nah, I'm good. I, I don't need your money. I actually, you know, if I want to spend it on you, like I'm cool with that. Yeah. And you're just like, well, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah. Cause it's like, I don't know. Like I, I, it would have been, I think it would have been a little bit more easier for me if I would have 
and this has nothing to do with the age thing, but if I would have grown up in a situation where one of my parents had money mm. or I had been around any type of money, you know, not that you're like this fucking falling out of control, but just like money in general, as far as like, I mean, growing up, it was like for my birthday, it was like a thing. They're like, oh my God, you know, would you like to get fast food since it's your birthday? Like yeah. that was like a thing. Like you a know? McDonald's like, Happy Meals, like, oh wow. My God, that was like huge, yeah. right? So it's like, you know, I still shop at Ross, all this stuff. So, anyways. Same. Ain't nothing wrong with Ross. I mean, shout out to Ross. <laughs> All right. And then so also going back to societal standards and stuff like that. And and you were talking about how men have always had to be the provider. And now we've kind of like lost our purpose and stuff. That's all happened alongside at the in the same vat as the the all of that's been kind of transferred over to the women and i mean transferred over to the women as far as like opportunities but also pressure mm. because like as you guys as more and more of you ladies are becoming more financially independent as as more of that starting is starting to break out from women you know women don't feel the like their entire purpose in life is the just burden. to pop out some kids. Yeah, the burden of like, oh, I need to be a mother one day. And then like, you know, you have to get past your mother, your grandmother, sisters, aunts, kind of being like, hey, you know, you're you're, you're 30. Mm-hmm. Um, where's a man in your life? Like you, you're <laughs> kind of getting to the point where you need to find a man. That's basically a sperm donor. We see it all the time. These women, the, the, the women are on this biological clock and then they end up being with this piece of shit guy because he was the one that, gave her life oh, so yes. you know so i don't know I've, I've started to see all those changes and everything and and you're right you know we're we're women are, are kind of lost in a sense of like they have you, you guys have so much opportunity you don't really know where to go with it and then men are we're in the same position it's just our opportunities are changing as far as allowing us to to really accept who we are because they're like look i don't want to be this guy that runs this construction company Mm -hmm. that my grand my grandparents have built Mm -hmm. i don't want i did kind of did it with my dad with his company my dad has a company he's built for 20 something years and um that's that's like a a, something i could have taken over or something if that's something i wanted to do but that just was one of those things where i'm like i don't really want to do that yeah and if it's not something you're passionate about it's like why would you sign on to that and how many people out here in this world are doing things that they're not passionate about based on the fact that they've painted themselves on a corner one of the things that i think is a benefit to men in this dynamic that we're in now where women are more financially independent is that because for so many generations y'all have been drilled into your head provider 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 i think there's a lot of men especially of older generations who pursued paths careers that they were not actually passionate about Mm -hmm. but it's because it paid enough or it was going to allow you to quote unquote have money to raise a family there's a lot of men who sacrifice their dreams in order to fulfill this provider role whereas i feel like nowadays when you have a partnership where both people are pulling their own weight both of you can actually pursue that thing that you're passionate about without the pressure of like, oh, well, I got to sacrifice my dreams because they're not realistic or, you know, I just need to provide a paycheck. So I think for men, this is actually a good thing because it kind of lets you all off the hook a little bit and allows you to pursue those passion projects that maybe like, you know, your dad or your grandfather couldn't do because it was just like, well, that's not going to, you know, right. you, can't fo- you can't follow their artistic dream yeah. because that shit's not going to pay the bills. I wonder, okay, so we've had conversations around kind of like reframing the financials for us and like what that looks like. How, what advice do you have for men who are like navigating that insecurity that can come up when your partner doesn't need your money? Yeah, I actually have a question for you about that. Okay. Um, but 
my question for you first, um, and then you can sit on it while I answer. But my first, my question for you is that once you started to um, experience some financial freedom and a little bit of wealth, uh, you were obviously in a relationship where that wasn't reciprocated, reciprocated on both sides, mm -hmm. right? So you were kind of already in this situation where you were already the major breadwinner from a probably pretty I've much from the get go been the breadwinner, right? From since day one, from factory job on up, yeah, you know, so. I just, I guess you were kind of used to it, but my question would just be like, was that something that you had to accept or was that something that you were like, okay with? Like, is that like a role that you accepted? Yeah. Now for my, my advice for men that are younger looking for not even just younger i mean you could be in a relationship where both people are the same age but the woman just you know maybe she went to med school and she's a doctor and she makes fucking three times as much as her husband okay so, so they're not just, even looking for it they just happen to like yeah. let's meet on hinge let's go out to or eat it could just be that like you get married young too right and you pursue different career paths and, and just the woman ends the up one. like making more money at some point yeah i think that my only advice really is just to like really find yourself and i know that's very cliche but i think that when you work on yourself as as an individual regardless of man or woman but when you work on yourself um when you're uh on the elliptical or you're writing in your journal or you're meditating or even if you're just like watching a tv show by yourself or whatever if you're spending quality time with yourself and that means that you're allowing yourself to have personal conversations and a lot of my, excuse me a lot of my self help comes from personal conversations you know and and so if you know yourself um and, and you're confident in who you are and stuff like that then obviously the money shouldn't matter it's always going to be a thing just because of the fact that we live in the west and uh it is a uh, capitalism sucks well i mean <laughs> shouts out to capitalism i wouldn't want to live anywhere else but yeah you know but I it does have put the pressure on all of us to like just always put kind of money as the forefront thing which can be fucking toxic mentality too yeah and it's um it, it really depends on your personal relationship with money i've always been taught that money is a tool uh to get you certain things um you know if we spend money on a vacation or whatever we're not spending money we're buying memories yeah these are these are fun tickets right a dollar bill is a fun ticket and life is a big fair and if you want to eat something, it costs a certain amount of tickets. Yeah. You know, if you want to go to this side and go have fun, it costs a certain amount of tickets. So if you can have a relationship with money in that sense, that money is a tool, uh, not an object. It's not a number that can validate your worth. No. So that would be my advice for men or women that find themselves in a situation where the other person is the breadwinner, but also have a good conversation with that person and let them know that just because they are the breadwinner doesn't mean you get to live the retired life and, mm. and and don't be disrespectful in that sense if that's something that that person wants to put on you then it still needs to be a conversation don't let that person come to you and be like hey i'm balling out of control go quit your fucking job <laughs> because there's a power dynamic <laughs> oh for it. sure and it's that's not if that's something you guys sit down and talk about or whatever then that's fine you know that's your specific situation yeah. but um i think it's very healthy for both people to have a purpose you know and and if one person's making enough that's that's paying all the bills and stuff then the other person should be able to go work because they need a, a purpose in life they need a, a sense of pride and that way they can pay their own fucking phone bill they could buy themselves some shoes they can you know they can get groceries for the house you know like they could do certain things to like kind of help out you yeah. know and and have their own sense of like 
I'm still I'm making my own money, right? Like, I'm still okay. Like, I don't have to be like, hey, babe, can I get a hundred bucks to go to the dispensary? Like, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, no, I think that's such a good point, babe, right? Like, when it comes to securing yourself, self confidence yeah. and everything else are going to just roll off, the, off your back like a duck. And also, self confidence is the sexiest thing in the world. It really is. It really, like, if you, even if you fake it till you make it, if you come across like you know yourself inside and out, you know what you like, you know what you don't like, you know what you want to do, what you don't want to do. I think that's going to come across in all 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 aspects of your life, no matter what. You're going to kind of ooze that out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, you know, what else do you have to contribute to the relationship beyond money, right? Like, are you a person that really handle stress in a, in a great way? Like, are you a person who's very creative when it comes to problem solving? You know, um, are you the type of person that you can, um, you know, pick up where your partner has some sort of deficit, right? I think those are the kind of things that people need to consider in a relationship when it's like, what value can I add? Like for you, one of the things that I love about you is how you can like calm down my drama. Mm. You know, I'm prone to like emotional fucking what's the word oh freak out <laughs> yeah right i can definitely be like emotionally unstable sometimes and you, you're just really great at kind of lowering the temperature and be like babe everything's gonna be all right yeah um even something as simple as like hey you know i have a business trip do you think you can like hold down the fort at the house like that type of support is so important right and it just like you got to figure out where are those gaps in the relationship and where where do where do your zones of genius lie as individuals that can complement, right? So maybe somebody's a great cook, so you're the one who's handling dinner. Maybe somebody's a great planner, so you're the vacation person. Maybe somebody's really good with money, so you're the one that's like, you know, putting together the Excel spreadsheets and mapping out the financial goals for a couple. Yep. You just need to figure out like, what am I good at? What are you good at? Where can we complement each other and not let it all be about like, what can I provide financially? Uh, because that for me is just such a superficial thing to, to have be so important in a relationship, right? So that question that I asked you about. Yes. So like, was that something that you had to, you being the financial, the financial side of any type of relationship that you were going to pretty much be in? Yeah. Um, was that something that you accepted and you were just kind of like, I'm just going to hone in on guys that are like good guys and I'm not really going to pay attention to the money? Or did you try to dabble around and be like, let me just go after some dudes that I know have they're on the same similar level as me. Let me just go and see. And did that not work out? And you kind of like dialed it back down or what was your route for? Did you even really experiment with guys that were on your same level financially? Are you asking post-divorce or just like just when like it started general. dating? Yeah, in general. just in general, was that something you were attracted okay. to or is that something that you tried and it didn't work out? Or, you know, are they all kind of like fucking power trip? Yeah. Like, you know, macho guys? Or... So as far back as I can remember, even as a kid, like maybe when I was 10 or 11, I always knew like I never wanted to be under the financial thumb of a man. Mm. And I think part of that was because I saw like my mom mom basically was like, and she still is financially dependent on my father. Sure. So I was always just like super hyper independent as a kid. And like, even before I was even thinking about relationships, I just always knew I wanted to be able to fend for myself. Mm -hmm. So I never approached relationships from the aspect of like, what do they have to offer me from a financial stability perspective? Because I always knew I was going to provide that to myself. Mm -hmm. Now, that's actually a very, very special uh, outlook on life. And it's crazy that neither one of your parents really put that on you so no they didn't i think i just saw like the power dynamic where you know my mom 
kind of sacrificed her career for a long time to be like the sort of part-time stay-at-home mom. And my dad had to sacrifice his time with the family in order to make money. So I actually kind of got it in my head, this narrative where if I'm going to be financially successful, I have to sacrifice having family. Mm. I'm going to have to sacrifice motherhood. Um, And obviously that's probably one of the reasons why at 38, I still don't have kids. But hey, that could change. I mean, that that can absolutely change. And I've had to kind of reframe my whole narrative around that because, you know, and I think we've talked about this too, where both of us have had this idea at some point in our lives where like you just can't afford to have kids right now because you're just not where you are in your career. Yeah, that was like my biggest crutch. Yeah, it was like my biggest crutch during my business was like, no, we're not gonna have kids yet because I need to make ten thousand dollars a month. Mm -hmm. And you know, one I think one of the things I had to realize is like that was an excuse I had in my head. It was just, I had a fucking trash ass partner. That was the reason why I didn't want to have kids. Cause I'm like, Oh, you know, hindsight is 2020 as they say, because you think if he was more supportive, like on the emotional side and stuff like that, you would have been more prone to yeah. having a child with him. If he was like a house hubby type of guy, not how, if he was just like a, a person that was actually like trying to build something together. Like I just never felt that we were, building anything together it was like a competition thing he would see you win and then he's like fuck i need to start winning after a while it definitely felt like it was like stop talking about the things that you're doing because you know it's just like you're just bragging i mean he stopped going on like business trips with you and shit right he's, i mean like you actually brought this man around anything. the world you yeah. actually let this man come around the world with you yeah we did a lot of travel it was all sponsored by me you know he never got out of his hood until I took him out the hood. You know, it was like all of that type of shit. And I'm not saying that in a, in a, like a braggadocious yeah, type sure, of way. Sure, it's just sure. like, I wanted to introduce him to the life that I had growing up because even though my parents did not come from money because of my dad's job as a consultant, right. he would always turn his business trips into travel trips for the family. Hell yeah. And so like, I was privileged enough as a kid to like travel a lot. And that for me was something super special because when I think about my childhood, I'm like, that's all the shit that sticks out for me. It's like all these memories that we can create through travel. And that's one of the reasons why I love traveling with you. Cause I'm like, that shit is like, what matters to me is those memories that you take when you, you know, when you have nothing else, uh, it doesn't matter what's in your fucking bank account. If you don't have those memories, it's like, what'd you do with all the time you have? Here? Hey, shout out to, uh, shout out to Janice's father. Um, you know, very unique name. I almost dropped it, but you know, you know who you are, sir. And so, and now, you know, right now, you know, cause you guys listen to the podcast. Now you guys know that, um, it's almost like you're giving your parents a sense of validation, right? Because you kind of like answering certain things that they didn't really know. And at least he knows, like, he probably felt like he spent a lot of time out of the house, um, probably, you know, added a lot of like burden to your mom's plate and stuff like that. But here you are, you know, 20, 25 years later, and um, you're over here giving him his flowers. flowers because, you know, at the end of the day, you look back on all of these memories with a certain fondness yeah. and that's good at least you don't look back on it with resentment because that's no. every parent's worst nightmare even though i'm not a parent but yeah I've you know it. even with the travel and all that stuff like i definitely say my dad was always there you know um huge respect and he always provided like a stable household for us to be able to you know pursue our, our goals and dreams like i never felt like um i didn't have that support so i think that's like you know, one of the things when I think about parenthood, it's like, I, that's the energy I want. And it's just like, you know, it doesn't matter how much shit y'all have going on at the end of the day. Like when you got to be there for the kids, like they need to feel supported. Right. Um, they should have emotionally intelligent parents who can deal with all the things that come with growing up and uh, navigating your emotions as a child. Like mm-hmm. I always wanted to be 
financially stable, emotionally stable, like just feeling like I'm a good person to raise a child. Mm. And I think in my, you know, marriage, I just felt like, yeah, I could, I knew I could like handle shit, but I'm like, I don't think you're the type of person that I want to have that relationship with that tie with. Cause that's, you know, that's a permanent thing. Okay. So next question yeah, I got for you okay. is, um, so you kind of accepted from an early age um, that you were going to be the financial, financially secure one. Yeah. Um, when you got older and you got into the divorce, into the divorce, what did you have a certain criteria of? Because at this point you already knew, yeah. right? You were like, well, it's, and I'm sure you probably had hung out with a couple of guys that were had their own stuff going on and maybe it just didn't work out for you or okay all right so you were always went like towards younger guys no i just literally the whole like what do you do and how much money you make was just never a question that i cared to like dive into too much Mm -hmm. i'm like are you a good person are you fucking honest like are you a good communicator are you do you have an emotional intelligence have you been to therapy like those are the things that i had on my criteria I don't like, I don't give a shit what you do for work. You know, as long as you're proud of it, as long as like you feel like you are pursuing whatever it is that you want to be doing. For me, it was more like, are you a good person? Are you capable of being honest and trustworthy and supportive and loyal and communicative? Like all of the character stuff was at the top of my list. Mm. I don't give a fuck. Like if you're a garbage man and that's your passion in life and you wake up every day, super fucking excited to go and pick up people's garbage. That's enough for me. I'm not going to lie. Riding on the back of that truck (laughs) look kind of fun. Sometimes I see those guys like hanging off the side and stuff. I'm like, you are having a worst places to be in the world. You know, those guys are probably part of a union. They got some good benefits. Oh, no, you know, I don't know. Not down here in the South. There is no such thing as union down here, boy. (laughs) We don't do unions down here, boy. (laughs) But yeah, I just then I never cared about that for me. It just for me, that's not the mark of a good person. So your criteria was if the if the bag's not. I mean, obviously, your criteria should have been there regardless of the bag was there or not. And I guess it probably was. But. It's a different story if it's like, oh, I don't have a job. I have no goals in life. I'm like living in my mom's basement. Like, obviously, that you know, we, we're not going to entertain that shit. Yeah. But, you know, you have a job. You could pay your bills. You you, you got that straightened out. Like, uh, th- that's not the mark of a good person for me. So what would be your, because you asked me for my advice. Yeah. Um, for younger folks that are, you know, getting involved with people that are older than them, um, that have money. We obviously can't speak on what it would be like to be with someone younger that has money, but what are your thoughts on, um, from a woman's aspect, um, you know, for, for the, you have a lot of financially stable women out there that follow you based on, you know, your, your kid or dinero and all that stuff. What would be your advice to these women to kind of pump the brakes on them a little bit, right? You don't want them to fall head over heels in love with this young spry guy um and then just kind of like let all of your inhibitions to the wind right Mm -hmm. you don't want to like let this man have access to all your money and like you don't want to be sending this man ten thousand dollars you know what i mean like do you have advice for women to kind of be careful and not let them get blinded by love yeah right because i feel like that's a very easy thing for a man it happens all the time i i sent the girl in the philippines thirty thousand dollars over two years oh and now she's gone right i don't know um and then so yeah what are your thoughts on that because i feel like as a woman with money that might be a little bit emotionally damaged or a little bit emotionally um unavailable uh emotionally 
easily like to get to emotionally. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. What am I trying to say? Just emotionally un unstable in. a little bit, right? Like yeah. to where it's like easy for a man to come in and you just fall head over heels in love with him and want to share everything that you've built for yourself with somebody because that's something that you expressed to me. You're like, I just want somebody to come home to. I want to share this life with somebody. And for somebody in the in a different mindset, that could sound like a meal ticket. Yeah. And they could be a a, a scammer or something. A scammer. They they can be very good at manipulating. Mm -hmm. And there's these there's these huge manipulators out here. So what are your advice to these women that um might be good with money, but maybe not good with their own emotions or their own decision making? Yeah. I think that's fair. And I've gotten that question too from people on Instagram, just like, you know, what do I do to make sure that like, I'm not going to get scammed by a man because he knows like I have. And you love him so much. Like I, when you love somebody, like they can lie to your face and you're going to be like, I, I really know that's a lie, but yeah. I love you so much that I, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt always. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing is to not reveal too much about your situation too early. Right. Like you don't need to be fucking showing him your bank accounts and spreadsheets and inviting him to like thousand dollar dinners. At, and I don't like, even think we've done any of that. Yet. No, you really don't know. I anything. still don't even know your full story. I haven't no. really asked about it just because like the money thing has been something I don't really yeah. care about. So go ahead. Sorry, Which I appreciate. But it's also like, you know, you have to decide when is the right time to even reveal that information. Um, and I think that only comes with giving yourself enough time to actually get to know a person, right? Because in the beginning, it's all like the lovey-dovey, rose-colored glasses, all that shit. Um, you got to actually see like what this person's character is like. And I feel like at the end of the day, when it comes to dating, I'm a big fan of men who just will do the alpha traditional things, even if they are not the breadwinner. Right. So like inviting the girl on a date, like paying for the first date. I think a man should do all of those things, which you did. <laughs> right. You did. And it's like, I know he doesn't need to do that because I could just literally pay for myself. But just like those gestures, I think are still like those are nice. Mm. You know, it's still ways that you can show a woman that she doesn't always have to live into the whole masculine fucking provider energy because for successful women that make a lot of money we live a lot in the masculine energy right right, right. we are out here being boss it's bitches fun. yeah it's making fun. money creating wealth blah, blah blah but in a relationship i don't want to be a boss bitch yeah i, I mean, want to be taken care of not in the financial sense but just like in an emotional sense like you something as simple as like when you get out of work and you're like babe you want me to pick up dinner like Oh my God. It's just so a fucking nice because I'm like, obviously I can buy my own fucking dinner, but just the fact that you think about that and like, those are the types of things that I think people don't place enough emphasis on. It's yeah. just like, Teamwork. what are those little things that I can do to just make my partner feel cared for and provided for? I love that energy. So your advice to women would just be. It would be. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Slow your roll. Like, do not reveal your entire situation. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you don't need to combine your finances just because you're in a partnership. No. You know, you do not need to have joint bank accounts. You do not need to be like having all this, you know, uh, to become one 
anything, you can work together on like financial goals, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say like you want to buy a house together. So you create a savings account for a down payment for a house and y'all put money in there. Cool. But that doesn't mean you got to share your whole paycheck, right? right? That doesn't mean that um, just like you lose your financial autonomy. I think especially for both people, you should have your own money. Yeah. I should have my own money. Yeah. You just never know what life is going to throw. Maybe at some point you're like, fuck, I don't want to be here anymore. And I need a down payment for like, or, or a security deposit to get my own apartment, but all our money is pulled together. What the hell am I going to do? Right. Right. So I think just having shared goals when it comes to money is cool, but you don't need to lump everything together. Do you think, um, and I'll give you my input on this, but do you think that it's a necessity at a certain point in the relationship for there to be for the monet the monetary conversation to be very fluid do you think that there that it ever gets to a point where all the cards need to be face up on the table oh hell yeah so okay before you move in together y'all need to know what's your credit score how much debt do you have how much money do you make because you're actually now taking on like a financial shared responsibility okay that's fine that's that's fine i meant more of just like what one person's bringing in every month, what's going out of that account every month. Like, I feel like for me personally, um, obviously the credit score and all that stuff, we've already gone down that entire path together. Um, but for me, like, I would never want to fully see what everything you have going on. Why? I just don't, I don't really have a huge interest in it. I just think that, um, I guess I put myself in your position and I, I wouldn't really want to peel back all the layers to what everything I have going on until a certain point. And that would, a lot of factors would have to be met for that to happen. Um, like for me with you, um, I obviously support everything you do with your business and stuff, but I'm not in every single crack and crevice. You know, I don't know everything you have. I have to ask you in the morning, like, what are you doing today? Yeah. You know, and then like, you'll show me the schedule and stuff. And, and you could show me the schedule the day before. And the next morning, I'm still going to ask, <laughs> hey, changes. what do you got going on today? Yeah. So I, I, as far as like, I, I, I just don't have personally, I don't have interest in seeing the numbers mm -hmm. you know i don't really it doesn't do anything for me and maybe that's like a little bit of a fear thing too. i think it is I've it's like i don't that. know if i want to know what's going on maybe but at the end of the day it's more of like i i like to think of it as a very respectful view okay. from my perspective is that i'm very much like I genuinely don't think about it. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's why it's not on my mind. Yeah. I, I don't ever like really sit around and wonder like, well, I wonder how many views she's getting or I don't even fucking know. You know, I don't even have Instagram. So I don't even know how many followers you have. Right. Like, I don't even know what's popping, which is great because ignorance is bliss for the most part. And I'm a very confident guy in what I have going on and like my own goals and stuff. But I just don't know if that's a healthy thing. At, a, at too early of a stage in a, in a relationship. I'm no. sure that we'll get to a certain point. If maybe you're going to get married or something, like, then y'all need some fucking tra financial transparency, yes, right? Yeah, I have this bank account. I have this credit card with this credit line and this much of this credit used. Like that's like a whole yeah, week long conversation of like, let's dive into both of our financials right. and see exactly what happens. Mine's very simple. I have two direct deposits every month. <laughs> I have a few auto payments out every month and the rest of it is like gas and food and shit yeah so it's yes. like very simple for very mine. Si mine mine is 20 like minutes i have a whole team of people like i'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. fucking financial accounts because i don't even know what's happening I'll you know there is a certain point where like you have to kind of know everything that's going on just because if you do have goals in life right and i think one of the things we're going to talk about next is what happens when your goals in life are different as a couple yeah. but if y'all are going to build a life together 
you have to know where you're starting from. Sure. You know, it's like, are we starting from zero or does my soon to be spouse have like half a million dollars in the bank that I'm like, oh, well, maybe we could start a business. I think it'd be so fun to like know, like to not know that. though, right? I think because like you see like the shows and stuff like the dating shows and the the guys like, you know, owns, you know, 14 million dollars in real estate. And then he meets up with the chick um, Bilal, Bilal from. Uh, he was like picked her up in a painter's van and brought him back to the house he grew up in that's how you handle a new relationship you put them in like you know take them to a trailer and pick them up in a 1980s pickup truck and see like are they down damn well (laughs) it's such a life for me it's like see he put too much value in in money and yeah. it's like one of those things where it's like, I, I don't know. I, I think traumatized too from divorce. Yeah. You guys got to be very careful because you could have somebody that is very rock solid from the beginning. And then you could get to the point where you're like, I really want to bring you in on this. And then you let them see exactly what you have going on. And then all of a sudden you could see a fucking change. Like mm-hmm. It could be, you could see a sense of entitlement. You could see resentment. All of a sudden they're turned off. Um, you never know how a number is going to affect somebody, their ego, subconsciously all of that stuff so yeah well and one thing i do want to mention too is like if you're a person who has built a significant amount of wealth or whatever and you're going to go into a new relationship like you should also talk about things like a prenup right if you if you get to the point where you're like seriously talking about marriage and you are just like well anything that i built before you like i just want to make sure that it's protected i mean i think that's an important conversation to have too um and i think it's one of those things where there's still a lot of stigma bringing up that especially like you know, because there's this, always this assumption that, oh, you're just bringing this up because you're planning on getting divorced or because you don't trust me or because you think I'm just here for the money or whatever. So I think it just has to be like very clear to both parties, like what the benefit is. Well, how about the fact that I've been in love a couple of times and it up, up until now, and whether it took six years or two years, shit doesn't work out all the time. So yeah. let's just focus on that part. Yeah. And another thing I wanted to say, too, is that um, for all the people out there that are in the financial side of the relationship you guys are the a side of the relationship and you guys are listening to this i think that a huge red flag for you um should be if you're with somebody and within the the first six months or whatever it depends on how fast you guys are moving along but within the first six months if they are always on you and asking questions about you know how much is this? You know, uh, well, how much did you get on that brand? How many brand deals do you have? Like if they're always, we call that pocket watching. Uh-huh. If they're pocket watching all the time, if they're worried about the bill or if they're always looking at how you reacted to that, my God, you just spent $200 on dinner. You left a $60 tip. All those things are red flags. Yeah, That's all that shit is red flags. Um, I would never, if I was in the A side of the relationship, I would never want somebody pinching my pennies for me if I wasn't pinching the fucking pennies because uh-huh. that shit, that means you're here for the wrong shit. Mm. You're worried about the back end, whatever the back end looks like for you. So let's not jump ahead. So I would always, um, and I'm not even the A side, but I feel like if I was the A side, I would be like, yeah. uh, Be like, how much did you pay for this car? Why are you worried about the car? I don't even think about that. I don't even know when I need to change the oil. So you know what I mean? No, yeah, I think that's fair. Be careful. Yeah. Because people will try to, finesse you and next thing you know they're taking your phone while you're asleep and they're cash shopping themselves it's ridiculous yeah financial abuse is real and it's one of those things that people don't talk about right just like when people start using finances to control you in a relationship it's very common it's like 99 percent of um domestic abuse 
uh, situations involve some sort of financial abuse mm -hmm. just because it's the easiest way to control somebody, right? When you think about like somebody's ability to leave and get their own place, yeah. like, hello, you need money for that. And if you give up your financial autonomy, like it's, it's dangerous. It doesn't matter if you're a man or woman or you're, you don't identify as either. Like everybody needs their own bag, right? Because it's like an emergency parachute, right? You just never know what's going to happen in life. Okay. So we've also both been in relationships where we've come to the conclusion that we're just not on sh the same path mm -hmm. when it comes to the vision that we have. Can you talk a little bit about your situation um, where you, when you had your business and the dynamic between you and your partner and how you realize like, oh, this is just not the person that I need for this journey? Uh, yeah. So she always, um, she, she was raised in an apartment, so she didn't really, and she never went to college or anything. Um, so she kind of just jumped out of, I mean, even in high school, she was working at like a, a restaurant or something. So she was always in the workforce. And um, when we eventually moved um, up to Tampa and I started doing the business, um, obviously it took a year or two before I could even think about bringing her in. Um, but at first it started with uh, just getting her to kind of come on jobs with me and kind of just be like free labor in a sense and, and just kind of help me and just kind of be boots on the ground, um, help me make flyers and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I tried to get her to learn how to edit some video and stuff like that. Just like little tiny tasks to a make things easier on me, but also, you know, watching my parents build this business together and stuff like that. I really craved that. I, I, it's not that, that I craved it. I almost expected it. I just kind of yeah. saw like, this is how things should be, you know, in a partnership um, because I always viewed the business as a vehicle to get us out of wherever the fuck we we're at. I was like, well, we we're in this apartment. We don't have to be in an apartment. You know, we're driving old cars. We don't have to drive old cars. We could just work at this. And then eventually this thing will yield the stuff that we need. Mm -hmm. um, but I was fortunate enough to kind of see that the hard work pays off in the long run and with her you know dad working at like the air force base as like a custodian and stuff like that like she never really got to see what hard work gets hard work just kind of helped you maintain mm -hmm. being broke so when she would see me out of my struggles and working hard or things not working out the phone's not ringing sometimes we'd have to pay the rent with what she was making from her job certain things like that she kind of was like just didn't understand how long it could take mm -hmm. or how fast it could be. It's yeah. like one of two ways. It, it's it's not a. It's the nature of entrepreneurship, y'all. Yeah. You just never know when she's gonna pop off. It can happen overnight. It can happen in six six or ten years. Yeah. So, um, I had tried several times to kind of figure out what she was gonna be good at. Um, what 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 the way that I could kind of utilize her in the business, and she tried a little bit, but she also wanted to kind of create her own thing. So I helped her go through real estate um the classes and i helped her take her test she took it a few times and she finally passed it and then you know got access to the mls and stuff like that but never really went anywhere with it so the real estate thing when i saw um you know i helped her study flashcards all this stuff and then i helped her you know figure out where she was going to go got into the century 21 place and then you know she thought they were just going to be sending her leads well the leads they were sending were just like oh, you have to you have to cut your teeth mm -hmm. you know you have to and um, the, the guys that she was working with were trying to kind of coach her and stuff, but she just didn't really, she thought it was going to happen quick. And yeah. and that happens with a lot of people that haven't been around business. They think that they're going to get it because they, they start off watching these videos of these guys that have made it already. Yeah. And like, they don't have the 10 year struggle story to you know, actually use as a frame of reference. You don't have the 10,000 hours. And so anyways, once I saw, um, her 
lack of commitment and just how easily she was affected by failure with that. Mm. I was already chewing my way through failure and I had already, I had already started to build up my business with equipment and trucks and, and certain things like that. So I'd already started, I'd already cut my teeth and I was kind of starting to see that my struggles went from being broke struggles. I had the same amount of struggle, but struggle changes mm. as your business grows. Right. So now my struggle wasn't the money. Now my struggle was having employees, uh, the fucking marketing, dealing with Google all the time, always, you know, working on my fucking website, always editing videos for YouTube, all this stuff. My struggle was way different yeah. and more sporadic. So once I saw that she didn't really have the work ethic, which is not her fault. Um, yeah, she just didn't understand the vision. Yeah. And, and you know, I brought her to my dad's company and let her kind of see how I grew up and the things that we were able to make and stuff. So anyways, I think that the, just the lack of heart was the mm. thing that kind of deterred me. Um, and I think that that affected all aspects of the relationship because once I saw that the lack of heart was there and I was like, well, if shit's going to get hard, then you're just going to look for a reason to bail. Then all of a sudden I didn't really want to get engaged. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, because I didn't want to get engaged, I didn't really want to have kids. Um, yeah. And then, you know, here I am building this business and it's just started to kind of wedge where she's working for some insurance place, not even doing anything with the real estate. Um, and then here I am with my business and I've got these two trucks. I got these three guys working for me where our lives are starting to separate. Yeah. I'm started, our classes are starting to separate because I'm starting to move up in tax brackets and, you know, I'm having to pay money for taxes instead of getting $2,000 <laughs> back every year. Like things are starting to happen. And and now life is not very comparable, right? Yeah. Um, now our conversation is different. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about what are you doing today? I don't know what the fuck she's got going on at work. I don't know what she's talking about. I don't remember coworkers names. I, I don't know, but I have to pretend and I want to, you know, that's, I, I want to. Um, and then I'm talking about equipment and SEO and stuff like that. And she's glazed over too, but she <laughs> wants to be there. It's, it was a tough thing, you yeah. know? And then eventually it was just like, you know, we're on different paths, yeah. you know, like, let's just, let's just cut the shit. And, and, and it was very cordial that way. Yeah. Um, and then in the second relationship, um, you know, I was COVID and I was out of the business at that point. So I was kind of back in the workforce and just kind of figure out what I was going to do for the next couple of years until I figured out the next thing I was going to tackle. Mm -hmm. So, um, but with her, you know, she never had a car, she never had a license, you know, coming from New York city, she never had to. So you can't really look down on her for that too much, but you're also 36 years old without, a means of transportation ever in your life so that was kind of tough there was certain things with that that i was just like well you're not trying to better yourself no and yeah. i need something that's going to be better i don't i'm not i don't need you to be in the gym and and doing all this crazy shit but i need to see some type of effort i need to see you give a fuck mm. and and i guess out of both of those relationships there was a certain level of i don't give a fuck um. and it had a lot to do with what i had going on just because they simply weren't involved with that yeah. and it wasn't me not wanting to involve it was just the fact that it was lackluster the energy was lackluster and it just didn't feel like you were a part of it and and i understand that you know yeah. i kind of feel like that with my dad's company you know even though he wants to give it to me and cut me in on it i'm kind of like well you built this mm -hmm. like this is your thing and now i feel like i'm riding off the coattails that fucks you up a little bit you know yeah. if you are the type of person to create for yourself and have a sense of pride you know i want to be able to hang my hat on something at the end of the day so. yeah well it's funny because even though our our journeys are very different like in our 
relationship history is different. I always felt like my ex-husband was never on the same path with me. Um, just with like visions in life. Like I never imagined being a full-time entrepreneur. That was, was he not okay something. just like getting by? Like Yeah, he was just okay, like with the bare minimum. Um, just there was never everything that we accomplished as a couple, it's because I initiated mm. it, right? It's like we moved because I wanted to move. We bought a house because I put the money down. I just always felt like I had a a grander vision for life sure. and it was just like okay well that's cool that's you yeah, yeah right like that's cool that you're working on that even just sharing accomplishments and milestones and stuff with the business mm -hmm. i just always felt like a either he didn't care or he, it was actively like triggering him it was triggering yeah, his ego and yeah. i'll never forget when i told him about my book deal he was just like i just what was he worried about the money no, he was just like, I don't understand like why you always have to be telling me this stuff as it's like you want to brag. It's like you want somebody to just be clapping for you all the time. And I'm like, if your fucking partner, not even your partner, your fucking husband Jesus. can't be the one to clap for you. Like, what are you here for? Oh, man. That for me was like a light bulb moment where I'm just like, wow, I married a fucking hater. Damn. Yeah. I think we've had a few conversations about this. Right. And it was like, I guess that's like kind of what turned you on a little bit about me and not to put, you know, roses up there for myself, but it's like one of those things where, you know, I grew up completely different seeing that the, you know, people support each other, no matter what's happening. And, you know, like my success is your success and vice versa. Like that's how I feel about yeah, it. And it's you know? like, also for me, it's more of like, I know, what goes into creating something for yourself yeah, you and so that. like when when i when i like when i saw you what sticks out to me the most is when you sent me the the, the picture of you in the hammock writing your book in lukio <laughs> on the condo 13 floors up like looking over this water and stuff and i'm just like damn like i didn't i didn't want to be there i didn't want to be in your shoes i didn't want to be the guy i didn't want to know what it felt like i just was purely from my perspective being like you fucking deserve that like you're in your own condo writing a book that you secured for yourself like these are all huge things and it's like sometimes when you're caught up in the moment you need someone to tell you that like when i I bought this big fancy truck for my business, right? And it was like a milestone thing for me. I'm like, man, this is the big lifted dually flatbed truck. It's fucking diesel. I'm oh my God. You know, everybody in Tampa's gonna everybody in Tampa's gonna know me. And and but when I got the truck and I get it home, I'm like, yeah, I'm tickled to death and I'm excited I got the truck or whatever. And then I talked to my dad and my dad's like, he's like, Hey, congratulations, you know, whatever. And I'm like, Yeah, thanks. He's like, No, no, for real. He's like, Congratulations. He's like, How long did it take you to save up that fucking 10 grand? I'm like, like three years, you know, I was like hard not to touch the money. I mean, you don't even know how many times I touched the money to pay bills and shit. He's like, hell yeah. He's like, see, now you have something out there. That's like a trophy for you. Now, every time you go out there and look at that truck, that's like a, a beacon of your hard work. And that's what the condo in Lukio does for you. Um, the book, you know, when that book yeah. comes out, there's going to be a copy of it sitting right back here on the shelves for you guys, by the way. But these are all just constant little mementos of little milestones that you've gotten for yourself. And sometimes when you're stuck boots on the ground blinders on you're acquiring these things and doing these things and you're just like burying them putting them in the bag putting them in the bag putting yeah. them in the bag and then when you have someone that's like hey you know what take a second you fucking killed it you deserve this shit and i fucking love you i'm proud of you girl proud of you girl. you did that you did that thank you of course i feel like um you should take time for I yourself wanted, like just to feel like the stuff that i'm working on like matters you know oh baby Oh.
You do a really good job. You're an excellent, excellent person. A very hard worker. Very hard worker and the glue of a lot of things in your life. So I'm very proud of you. Thank you. I love you so much. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. And cut. <laughs> it means a lot because, you know, I always just felt like I had to dim myself down in relationships just because of ego and right. shit. And, you know, like not wanting people to feel like, I think I'm better than somebody or whatever. And it just like, I think even still now, I don't, um, I don't celebrate my accomplishments. Yeah. It's like no. you glow, you gloss it's like over. I just keep going and, um, yeah. just feeling like I don't have to, um, you well, you know. feel like you can't share it. And yeah. when you feel like you can't share it, then what's the point of celebrating it? What's the yeah. point of acknowledging it? Just throw that shit in the back and yeah. work on that book every once in a while type yeah. of shit, you know, and that's bullshit. Yeah. So. Sorry, guys. I got a little passionate there. I but. appreciate it. <laughs> I think that's what we all want out of a partnership, right? It's just like somebody who is your cheerleader, who yeah. like, and not even just that, like, but when shit gets hard, you know, because it's not always fucking easy, um, especially like if you're an entrepreneur and you're like trying to build some shit and you're like a first gen kid who's like mm -hmm. starting from the fucking bottom, mm -hmm. you know, there's going to be times where you're like, I don't know if I can fucking do this anymore. And sometimes the it's a difference between like having a partner who's like, no, you can fucking do this and I'm going to help you versus like somebody who's like, oh, well, whatever, you know, yeah. let me know what you figure out. And I know you said in the past, like you wish that we had met sooner because maybe like you'd be on a completely different trajectory if you had that support, like when you were still having had your business, you know? Yeah. I mean, what it could have should is a crazy thing. You know, I had um, I had diversified myself in so many different ways. You know, I was. Um, my my whole goal was to have these two trucks and two trailers i have these four guys these guys you know each truck is making me like a thousand bucks a day give or take you know and then i'm like i'm I'm building this youtube channel which is like my day-to-day -day life of being a, a business owner at 23 24 years old and a, a business that you could start with a pickup truck and yada yada so i'm like and then i'm working on you know curating this facebook group of fellow pressure washers all over the country all over the world and i'm like thinking about merch and not just merch of like stickers and shirts but i'm thinking of like company t-shirts because that's what my dad's company does they actually make stuff so i'm like man i can have these templates of these shirts for these guys like not only am i making money but i'm also helping these guys build their businesses it was like a whole whirlwind a company ecosystem that's what i was really trying to get to the yeah. pressure washing and roof cleaning thing was just going to be passive income mm -hmm. uh, you know really to just just to be making you know six eight thousand dollars a month with the truck just moving on the road and then eventually like i would like to have sold that business but yeah what it could have should have no and you know it's just like i feel like everything happens when it's supposed to but yeah, yeah. you know bringing it back to um and I'm you only know. 30, so it's not like I wasted all my time. No, and you learn so many valuable lessons, oh right? So yeah. it's like we have to also see these things like for what we learn from them and like what are the the lessons that we're going to take to the next yeah. venture, right? Like I, my journey in entrepreneurship is now going on 10 years and I'm definitely not the same person and I don't value the same things that I did when I was first starting you know, off, wet, right? Wet behind the ears, as they say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I think just like when it comes to navigating a relationship where you know, you're, you have differences in kind of what you want. Mm -hmm. I think it's okay to have individual goals, right? It yeah, doesn't have yeah. to be that like, it's y'all gotta, yeah, you have to have your own like separate identities in a relationship, but I think everything that you do should be for collective progress, mm -hmm. right? It's like, 
maybe we have two different businesses, but the goal of those businesses is to get us to some destination, income-wise, exactly, whatever that like <laughs> vision is. Maybe it's like, oh, we just want to run up $10 million so we can like quit both of our jobs and have like six fucking kids and live on a farm, right? right. It's whatever that vision is. And just knowing that like everything that you're doing together is for that, that shared goal, I think. Um, if you find yourself in a relationship where just like y'all are on divergent paths and it's just not aligned, you have to know if it's going to change or not. Right. And cut your fucking losses because the last thing you want is to be like waiting 20 years and realizing like, oh, we were actually never working towards the same shit. Mm -hmm. yep, yep. And now like life is, you know, pretty much fucking done. Gone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were just talking about this uh, yesterday. We're like, you know, why is the, the mid age? 50 it's not when it's not because we live it to 100 yeah i mean um you know my grandfather's um on both sides and stuff i mean everybody dies from heart attacks which is part of it you know i have an enlarged heart and um and you know within like the next three to four years i'm gonna have to go every year just to you know they got to insert the ink and they got to check all my passageways and stuff my my abuelo now is like twice a year on that and it's like you kind of just like waiting for a heart attack in your sleep or whatever which is obviously not a bad way to go but at 60 60 70 years old you've made it you've made it you've made it i know a lot of people are working at that age i, I work in a in a in a manufacturing pharmaceutical place and there's a lot of folks that are twice my age that are making four five six dollars less an hour than i am and and it's it's a it's a it's an eye opener to kind of actually see where life can end up. You know, the fact that time passes by and like you did, you definitely don't have enough as much time as you think you do. Right. Just like to figure shit out. So I think I'm middle Especially aged at 30. Working. It's crazy. But it's true. I know. And it's scary as hell. It is scary. But I think it also should light a fire on your ass. Like if you've been waiting for things to fucking be perfectly aligned before you start some shit, like yeah. you're going to be waiting forever. And sometimes like you're not waiting intentionally you no. know sometimes like maybe wife is well, wife maybe <laughs> life is making you wait and um yeah. you know that could be through all kinds of different facets of whatever i mean you know life is a crazy crazy thing there's so many different aspects to it and it's like it's crazy how fast life can change whether it's good or bad you know uh, depending on the people that you meet um the jobs that you take uh, decisions you make working out not working out all these things like there's so many different things that lead to a person's mental clarity and when you're mentally clear that's when things start to happen for you by accident uh, a lot of people chop it up to manifestation um no, you know, I, I don't believe that shit at all i think like manifestation only works if you put action behind those goals right it's not like you're, you're gonna well that's that, i think that's the i think that's the point of manifestation yeah. it's just the fact that you it's something that you inherently believe right and so it's like it goes more than just seeing it on your in your bathroom mirror of, yeah. i'm going to be a millionaire one day it's more than that yeah. it's it's the it's the fact that it's so ingrained in your day-to-day -day life that even the little subtle things that you're doing are working you inching you, you towards that goal belief in something. On, yeah right so subconscious it's not like you're going to write in your journal oh you know i'd love to have like a million dollar business one day but like yeah, you don't the, ever this, like, actually like go get the llc and like yeah. put an offer out there and like fucking try thing mm -hmm. all right so how do we wrap this up oh man i just think that there's so many gems uh, i wish we could just talk for like hours and hours but everybody has their own lives and i'm sure they're tired of talking to me <laughs> i i need to we just we just got these boom mics and i know that i talk very low and um I, for i mean i don't know about you but i like to go back and try to listen to how we sounded and stuff mm -hmm. and i was at work the other day and i'm like man i cannot i can hear you talk 
because you're a podcast pro. But then every time I go to talk, it's like you're talking and it's like, no, 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 no but you're no. good. You've been doing good now with this one. Yeah. yeah. Now, now that we have the boom mics and then also we're going to eventually stop sitting side by side and we're going to either face each other or maybe have two chairs without, the, you know, without yeah. the desk or something. That way it's a little bit better. But yeah, this is all uh learning curve yeah and i think it's a great way to highlight like how you can progress as a couple right yeah. you got the shared vision we had the shared vision of starting the show having some cool conversations yeah and y'all are going to watch the evolution as we go yeah and I'll, honestly you guys can grow with us you know this is only episode quattro so we're we're gonna get there oh. all right so my feedback for today uh i think would just be i would just highlight maybe one or two things i think the first thing i would highlight is if you're a person who is on, is dating, but you're on the you're on the B side of the relationship. Remember, I said A side is the one who has the money or the quote unquote power, right? They're the ones that are maybe probably a little bit older, and then the B side is the one who's coming in, and the A side has their certain criteria, just like the B side. If you are the B side, don't do it for the wrong reasons. Okay, I know it seems attractive. You see it on Instagram, social media how great it would be to find a sugar mama or a sugar daddy and have all your stuff taken care of and paid for. That is all rooted out of a lack of self-confidence and laziness. Okay. If you think that you and like entitlement, you think that shit should just be given to you based on your looks or because you're a cool person. I hate to say it, but you're probably a piece of shit, maybe a little bit of a narcissist. Yeah. So you should, you should have a sense of pride and want to be able to have your own sense of self-worth and have confidence in that and bring that into your relationship, regardless um, of what you bring to the table. You should know that like, fuck the money. I know what I bring mm -hmm. on all kinds value. of different aspects. Yeah. And then the second thing would be for the people that are on the A side give people on the b side a little bit of leeway um don't be so quick to try to attract that person on the b side with your money that's not a good look um you're gonna only attract the ones that i was just talking against you're only gonna attract the ones with a sense of entitlement that want to drain you that want things like oh you know start a business you hear it in rap lyrics all the time she used to dance but now she wants a loan so she can start a business and she wants to do a hair salon just be very careful. You've worked very hard for what you've built for yourself. And that's a very special thing. And it's a beautiful thing to be able to want to share that with somebody and to really want to be able to change somebody's life. That's, that's a great thing. Just do it in a way that protects yourself. Um, doesn't let the other person become jaded. And you kind of want to be more of a coach and not a, a social worker. Yeah, you, you don't want to be a, a provider and like, oh, you know, I, I want to start Picture. this. I want to start this business, babe. I need, you know, $50,000. You, you got me. Yeah, of course I got you. I believe in you. Here's 50 grand. No, how about I help you spend the 50 grand, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. a bank would do. So anyways, food for thought for both of you guys. Come at it with the right energy. Do it out of love, man. Don't do it because you want someone to be in bed with you or whatever. Okay, yeah. so there's my food for thought. I think for me, I'm going to talk to the age gap couples, okay. right? Yeah, so from the perspective of being older and being with someone younger, I think it's always important to realize like you cannot actually try to see them as an equal because they just don't have as much life experiences. Yeah, it's hard. So yeah. somebody who's seven years younger than me is not going to be in the same career status as I am. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so like judging someone based on what they've accomplished up until this point 
is kind of stupid if you think about it. Because and without they, knowing their whole life too. Without knowing their whole life. You're like, you really need to have that context and have a lot of compassion because you might want somebody to be where you're at level wise, but literally they haven't even been on the earth the same amount of time. And they probably not, not even had the same path, you know, yeah. just the right opportunities and stuff. Yeah. There's so many things like, you know, privilege and access and resources and advice and mentorship and all Knowing these things. the right people. Yeah. So much of that. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I think it's always important to maintain that perspective. Um, you're just in different places in life and yeah. you're always kind of going to be a little ahead of the curve because you've had more time. Yeah. You got a seven year jump on me. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so I've, I've had to remind myself about that sometimes too. Really? Yeah. Just because, you know, I know like you're still in your trying to figure out like what your vision for your life is going to look like, like career wise, especially. And I always have to remind myself like he's 30, like he hasn't had enough experience in like corporate or just like in life it probably comes from like you seeing my potential as well too yeah right? so you're like you see the potential and you're like oh my god you're fucking wasting your time but it's like no i don't i don't think that at all i think all of it is part of like that self-discovery process for you and it's not my role to speed that up for you right or to try to influence that right or try to like deter you from whatever that journey is supposed to be yeah you know because i think uh especially women we can tend to be fixers. We can tend to take on relationships as projects. Sure. And I've actively been like, he's a grown-ass We've, we've man. talked about that. We've yeah. talked about that. I, I think I've even said something slick about like, I don't want to be your next project yeah. or some shit like that. Right? And it's never that because I'm just like, the journey that you're meant to go on is your journey. And it's not my job to accelerate, change, deter, any of that. It's my job to support you um, emotionally, you know, whatever that looks like. But you also have to be the one to ask me. Yeah. And I've also always taking your advice mm -hmm. right i've always you do ask I've, for my advice a yeah lot. and I, i've never been the one to how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Velour XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. That she doesn't, she doesn't really know, or, yeah. or she just got lucky, or I've never thought of like your success as getting lucky, um, you know, just because of like, you know, how long it has taken and stuff like that. So that right there is, is another toxic thing. If you're dealing with somebody who hasn't gotten there yet, if they take what you've done for yourself for granted, mm. um, regardless of like, for me, if I, if I was running my dad's company right now, there would be a certain lack of respect for that because it's like, you know, even if I had to grind my entire life or whatever, and it was like a rite of passage for me to actually get the keys to the business, there's still a certain level of like, you didn't really earn, mm. right? It's like you- The it's, work you, was done for you. <laughs> yeah, you didn't really, you know? So I don't know. And, but uh, yeah, I think that you, 
I've always seen my potential um, as being greater than I've seen my own potential. And yeah, I think I'll always thank you for that. Part of, I love you. Well, part of a partnership, right, is like to also bring out those things in each other, right? Because we're always going to be our biggest critics. We're yeah. always going to diminish our own accomplishments. And I feel like it's part of our responsibility as good partners to like remind each other, like what you were saying, hey, you should celebrate this shit. Like right. this is a big deal. That Even if it seems deal. like it's not a big deal, um, any time you have an, an accomplishment, like y'all got to give each other flowers. You shouldn't be the ones to be fucking haters. Okay. Yeah, that's um, toxic. And it's not a competition. I think that's the thing. It's not a competition. Yeah. I am such a firm believer of like my success is, is our success. Right. Right. And I think that's when you know that you are on a path with a partner that is you're sharing that aligned vision. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, it's her money or it's her success or it's her career. It's like, no, it's our success. Right. And I think there is it's also really important to give each other the space and to create like seasons where different people's goals become the focus. Hell yeah. Right? Like I know I'm entering a phase in my journey as an entrepreneur where I'm like happy to take a step back. Right. And help you in whatever way like to get to where you want to be. Right. Right. And I know there's going to be times where I'm I have a heavy lift, right? Like for example with my book. Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to be in a huge like marketing campaign type of shit energy like at the end of this year, beginning of next year, and I know I'm going to need to rely on you for like that support. Right emotionally maybe even physically with like the house and things like that but there's going to be seasons i'm here for it right there's going to be seasons where you're pouring into that person or they're pouring into you just because this is like the era that we're in right but right. it's all for the common good for the purpose um one thing i also do want to say too is for the younger folks who are with someone who's older making sure that like you like you said focus on working on yourself um looking past what those traditional marks of success are in society um is really important like maybe you don't make the same amount of money maybe you just have different career goals but like you have to be really self-assured in like what you have to offer to a partnership right and committing to self-development and self-work like as a couple i think is so important like mm -hmm. everybody should be doing their own shit to become the best version of themselves because that's ultimately going to benefit the partnership mm -hmm. right so if you need to go to therapy because you've got insecurities about like whatever like work on that shit don't expect your partner to do that work for you yep and in the next episode i am going to dive into what i've learned about what it takes and what it really means to be a high value male Ooh, yes. um and then i'll let you have because we have a week to kind of feed on it i'll let you think about what that takes for a high value female mm -hmm. i have my own take on listening to these these shows and stuff and what I feel is a high value male. Also what makes a woman a high value woman mm -hmm. um, in our perspective. Um, it has nothing to do with money or anything like that. It has everything to do with self-care, uh, mental clarity, emotional stability, the life, the, the list goes on and on. So look forward to that next week. Um, I'll give you guys a nice little hot take on that. And then we'll, uh, we'll, you know, we'll hear what Janice has to say to that, because I'm sure some of those things might be a little bit of a trigger for you. Not that, not that it's what, what I really think of, yeah. or maybe I don't really fit into that basket, but the basket is very broad and what makes a high value male in today's society, especially for us younger men, um, 
is uh it's a little bit different than what it used to be back yeah i think so i'm super excited for that conversation babe and i think uh yeah i think folks are gonna really enjoy the direction that we're taking the show in I'm super excited to start bringing on guests pretty soon. So make sure that you are following us on social, you're subscribing on YouTube, you're doing all the things because um, yeah, we're just getting started. Yeah. And pay attention to the Instagram because Janice actually runs the Instagram, but she's very good with it. So she's always, you know, interacting with people, uh, constant DMs. I mean, the DMs from you guys about, you know, um, just feedback on the shows. Um, also, you know, giving back. Uh, questions and potential topics, things that you guys would like to hear about. Um, I know she does the polls and stuff like mm -hmm. that too. So um, that's a very fun thing over there. And uh, you can find that at Corazon Chronicles pod. Yep. And we're just getting started. So thank you guys so much for watching and stay tuned next week because next week's episode is going to be fun. I already have like a whole 30 minute segment in my head right now. I can't so. wait. We're going to get <laughs> raised rants. Let's fucking go. Let's go. <laughs>